0: Weekend is in the books. The college football playoff is set and bowl season is ready to go. And we'll cover it all on this episode of Prospects 101, the show where we break down football prospects from all levels high school, college transfers, college recruiting, NFL prospects, and the NFL draft. We would not be able to have this podcast without our great partners, Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. So, huge thank you to them. Remember, you can always interact with Prospects 101 during bowl season, during the college football playoff games, and throughout the week at Prospects 101 pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We got a full house tonight. A full house tonight. All three of us are back in the saddle. Joined, as always, by Kenny Keller and Brandon Pastel. Boys, it was a weekend to remember, that's for sure.
1: It was a fun conference championship weekend. I thought there was a lot of good games on this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday. I, I thought most of the conference championships were really good. Obviously, um, you know, Clemson was a little bit of a blowout, but Ohio State was close. USC-Oregon was a close game the whole way. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of good games overall, I thought, this weekend. Yeah. Florida-Bama was really good. It, it was just a really exciting weekend of college football.
2: I feel like this past weekend and really what happened today – is going to be one of those things that 2020 produced one of the best things in 2020, and hopefully that's a shakeup in the system that we have that's called college football.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Well, we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. For those who have been listening to the show, know that our Sunday show is generally a recap of the weekend, and, and we really dig into prospects and all that. Well, really with the end of the regular season and bowl season upon us and college football playoff is, is all set, we're going to – Kind of review conference championship weekend uh, on really a round table style. We're gonna then go over the college football playoff final rankings and then the uh the the final four playoff and, and set and kind of some thoughts there and then that and and you everybody listening out there will get a lot of resentment from all three of us on the show just <laughs> in this season. So we're going to end the show by covering what we believe is wrong with college football and how to fix it, right? It's enough to – it's real easy to go out there and complain about things, but how do we get into this thing and, and, and how do we fix it? But, guys, let me uh, just kind of go over – uh Go over some, you know, the winners and scores from this weekend. First one, and in my opinion, I I had a feeling this was going to be the best game of the weekend. And I think it was. That SEC championship game, Bama threw uh, with Florida, was a fantastic football game. High scoring, almost looked like a basketball score, 52-46. Bama ends up squeaking it out. We knew that in order to hang with Bama, you had to be able to score with them. Florida, just too many mistakes, too many coaching errors by Dan Mullen uh, proved to be very costly at the end as Bama ends up being supreme in the SEC. Ohio State goes up against Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship, struggles, but Trey Sermon, and behind 331 yards from Trey Sermon, ends up taking the Buckeyes. Over the Northwestern Wildcats, the Big 12 final against Oklahoma-Iowa State it was a fantastic game as Oklahoma reigned supreme as they beat the Iowa State Cyclones. The ACC championship game, not going to lie, it turned kind of into a dud. A lot of hype around it, uh, number two versus no, number three, a rematch. Clemson takes care of business, 34-10 to 10 against Notre Dame. Pac-12 championship on Friday. Uh, the University of Washington were the North winners because of COVID, could not play. And so Oregon takes their place and upsets USC 31-24. to AAC Championship, also a fantastic game. Cincinnati remains and finishes undefeated, beats Tulsa at the gun with a game-winning field goal to walk off. Uh, Mountain West Championship, the uh, San Jose State Spartans shock everyone and go undefeated and win the Mountain West Conference USA. Marshall ends up winning that conference. And then Ball State Mm. beats Buffalo to win the MAC Championship. Guys, I'll kind of start us off here. Like I said, a little bit about the SEC Championship. Fantastic game to watch. Um, I I think the optics looked – you know, I, I think the optics were what we thought they were going to be. I mean, high-scoring game, you know in order to compete with Bama, you got to be able to score. And Florida scored a lot. Kyle Trask looked good. Kyle Pitts looked good. Um, the other one, the Big 12 championship was interesting. Um, I really wanted to see Iowa State beat Oklahoma, and a lot of that is going to be reflected when we talk about the college football rankings. And then the AAC game was awesome. To see Cincinnati and Tulsa, Cincinnati wins at the gun to remain undefeated. Um, and then the Pac-12 championship game, we caught a little bit of that. Really wanted to see kind of Kivas Slovis um, not struggle like he did. He threw three picks. Would have liked to have seen him kind of dominate that Oregon, Oregon defense, but just wasn't meant to be as Oregon ends up winning. So those are kind of just some thoughts that I have. What would you guys think?
1: Yeah, like I said earlier, I thought it was a great uh, – for one, actually, hold on, Gilles, i got to correct you because I will not stand for this UAB slander. Marshall did not win the competition. Sorry, right, UAB, oh, my
0: gosh, I apologize. No, you are My percent
1: bla- My Blazers won it, baby. That's right, you are 100% correct. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I thought it was – yeah, I thought it was a good weekend. I, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. Keaton Slovis had a rough game, um, definitely not his finest moment, which is unfortunate because – I saw a bunch of people. Well, they clearly outed themselves on Twitter that they're not actually, they don't follow football all the time because they are like, oh, this Keaton Slovis guy is, is, is always cracked up to be. And I'm like, I guess you haven't watched anything in the last a year and a half, you know, you, except you watched one pack 12 football game uh, in the championship. But he had a bad game. You know, USC got upset by Oregon. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, Oregon's capable, has a roster capable of beating anybody. Like, they have a really, really good roster. They have a top 10 roster. Let's not pretend that they're a bad team. They just had a they just had kind of a down year because they lost their entire offensive line and they lost their quarterback. And Justin Herbert, who by the way turns out I think all of us missed wildly on him. He's a lot better than I thought he, he was. He is
0: balling out right now. Yeah, the year so, probably
1: yeah, and so, I mean, they lost him. They lost their entire offensive line. You know, and they had a good game. I mean, I am not—I wasn't stunned that USC lost that game. They were only a
0: two-and-a-half-point favorite. So, think like USC had played close to, what, three weeks? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah they, I, I'm they, sorry. They, no, I apologize. They played UCLA the week before. Yeah. That. But, to yeah. be fair, they got switched. They were game planning for UW, and then it got switched on, like, Tuesday night. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, like – was it an upset? Yes. Was I like stunned that it happened? No, of course not. It was a two and a half point spread. It wasn't even that big of an upset. Uh, Ohio State struggling against Northwestern. I, I thought it was interesting. I, I was, I didn't realize how many players that were that they had out until yeah. halfway through the game when they said they had twenty two guys not dressed, and I was like, oh wow, that's a that's a significant amount. So I at once that was said, and then you had Chris Olave was out, who clearly. Disrupted the offense because those receivers were not, and Justin Fields were not on the same page. And Joel Clatt kept pointing it out. He's like, "Look, Chris Olave is just is Justin Fields' like safety blanket. That's his that's his comfort zone. His and guy. with him not in the yeah. with him not in the offense, it was definitely a different offense. And and hats off to Trey Sermon, you know, coming through in the clutch when they needed him. Um, Oklahoma, Iowa State, the game wasn't particularly close until the like halfway through the fourth quarter, and Oklahoma just stalled in the in, in the last quarter and a half I don't know I don't know what happened there but um you know they end up squeaking it out and then Clemson just blasting Notre Dame uh, Notre Dame had some opportunities early to kind of get on the board and put Clemson on their heels and they missed a what a 24 yard field goal they had a pick in the uh, red zone as well like just if you if you're gonna if you're gonna hang with Clemson and you can't do that stuff can't do it
2: yeah, I, I'm not sure if you guys watched that Cincinnati versus Tulsa game, but I, I watched pretty much the whole game, and I was one. It's a, it's a shame that Tulsa was ranked 24th, because they're a better team than 24, And not yeah. to jump ahead, but they obviously strategically put Tulsa lower so that when Cincinnati did beat them, then they can say Cincinnati didn't play one single ranked team at the end of the season. Uh, but that being said, Cincinnati played very good ball in a very messy, ugly, rainy type of game. And for anybody out there that says, like, well, I want to see Cincinnati blow out Tulsa, it's championship football at the end of the day and a sloppy-weather game. And you know what? When you have two defensive star, like, star-studded defenses like that, it's going to be a low-scoring, sloppy game. And I, think, I thought Cincinnati proved a lot yesterday saying what kind of team they are, and that's a championship-style team that can win in the big games, close moments. And they proved a lot more to me yesterday than I thought uh, a lot of people thought they did. Outside of that, I think it's pretty interesting that Oregon won the championship. I think that might be the first team ever to not win their side of the conference, yet win a Power 5 conference yeah. championship. Is that is the that yeah. first ever? Have y'all heard of that? Before? Well, it has to be the
0: first ever, and it's only because of just the way the season is. But I understand your point. Yeah, it did. Yes.
1: Well, I mean, could it be more Pac-12 to have your only undefeated team lose to a team that wasn't even supposed to be in the, in the playoff? Or in the, uh, in the conference championship. Yeah. Like, it's just like, ugh. Yeah. But
2: I, w- I will throw some quick uh, praise to Texas A&M. At the end of the day, they won football games this year. They beat Tennessee. They beat the teams that they were supposed to, and they lost to the team that they were supposed to lose to. So, Texas A&M, they had a tremendous season. Uh, my hat kind of goes off to Jimbo Fisher. I've never been, been a huge fan of him, never been a huge fan of Texas A&M. I think Kellen Mond is still an overrated quarterback that should not get picked before the fourth round in the NFL draft. But hat goes off to them. They executed their X's and O's this college football season, and they had every right to be in the top four as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good segue into the college football playoff final rankings, as well as the you know. So, so I'll cover all twenty five, and then get your thoughts. Um, and then you know we'll do some some bowl season. But like to like to just open this up. After I go over the rankings, and and we can direct this however we want to direct this, fellas. Um, No shocker here. Bama stays at number one. Clemson uh, moves up to number – I believe Clemson was two, correct?
2: Yeah, Clemson was was number two.
0: Yeah, so they stay at two. Ohio State moves up to three. Have a lot of issues with that, but I get what the committee did. They couldn't have Notre Dame and Clemson play again, right? I mean, I I guess they could have, but it would have been back-to-back games. Notre Dame falls to four, Texas A&M five. Then we get into some, some certainly some head-scratching moves here. Oklahoma moves out all the way up to six, Florida at seven, Cincinnati at eight, Georgia Ooh. at seven and two at nine, Iowa State falls to ten at eight and three. Outside of that, then you go uh, 11 through 20 uh, is Indiana, coastal stays Coastal stays at 12, North Carolina 13, uh, Northwestern at 14, Iowa 15, BYU 16. Southern Cal drops to 17, Miami 18, Louisiana 19, Texas 20. And then rounding out the top 25 is going to be Oklahoma State, San Jose State, NC State, Tulsa, and then Oregon rounds out the top 25. So, you know, obviously the biggest talk of the day was going to be, you know, Hey, Notre Dame losing by 24 to Clemson, a team that they beat already in the season, was that going to be enough to move Texas A&M into the discussion there, even though they played three less games – or, I'm sorry, two less games? Um, so that was really the decision number one that the committee had to make. Was Texas A&M going to go in – Or did Notre Dame get embarrassed enough on national television to sway them? Ultimately, the committee said no. Committee said that Notre Dame's body of work, right, the the win over Clemson early in the season, you know, a couple of the big wins that they've had, you know, UNC, uh, you know, being one of the larger ones, that was enough for Notre Dame to stay at four. Texas A&M not winning their division, not going to the SEC championship. Obviously, you know losing to Bama in the way they did, that was is what the what what the committee decided. So my question to you guys, you know, I, me personally, I'm I'm fine with that with the situation that we have. Like, get let, let's let's not focus on the 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 Cincinnati's and other people. You know, with, just in that situation of should a And M moved up and North Ed or Notre Dame moved out. I'm okay with leaving Notre Dame in because I think Notre Dame, I, to be quite honest, I think they're the better team and they certainly had the better resume.
1: I, I agree with that, Gilles. I, I wouldn't have had an issue. Like, I wouldn't have been outraged if A&M had gotten in over Notre Dame because recency bias is a thing, and you know, saying like comparing A&M at the beginning of the season to comparing maybe who they are now is also a fair assessment. Uh, but you know, to me, I, I would have. I, if I were on the committee, I, I would have voted Notre Dame in at four versus A and M, and only probably because I just don't want to see A and M rematch Bama again. Bama won by thirty, and they took the foot off the gas. I watched that whole game. I was in Myrtle Beach uh, that day. Uh, I was that was when I went to the Coastal Arkansas State game. And I watched that whole game, and they let off the gas going into the fourth quarter. I think they were up like thir- like 32 or 35 points or something yeah. like that. Like, they let off the gas. I didn't want to watch that again in the first round. I was, dude, I, I love college football, and I, I might not have even watched that game. I, we're going to be in Asheville for that game. I might, have, I might as well have just gone on a hike and been more productive than watch Alabama versus a and in the first round. Like, I'm sure yeah. – like, and I get it. Notre Dame's a 20-and-a-half-point dog. They're probably going to get smoked, too. But at least it's a different matchup. Like, I'd rather see Notre Dame-Bama than a yeah, rematch yeah, yeah. of a and alabama
2: Obviously, that's what the fans want to see, but that shouldn't matter. If the college football playoff team is trying to get the top four teams, which I'm, I think they did the right job, by the way. Like I think Notre Dame is the fourth best team. But I'm saying what you just said should not matter at all.
1: Oh, I, I agree. I, I agree 100%. I agree 100% with that. But I, I was just – yeah, it, I agree. But to me, it's
2: simple. And I think I said it a few weeks. One, I'm going to let you go into this a little bit later if I know you're going to have something to say about it. But they set themselves up three weeks ago with this trend of putting teams like Iowa State at six, you know, to cover them later down the road when other teams like two lost teams loses. But ultimately, what the college football playoff team or committee is telling me is that this is not resume built or ranked anymore. It's like. When people say, like, well, you know, they have the better win versus UNC. They both have similar losses versus top two teams. I don't think the committee looks at that anymore. It's not resume-built. It purely is look at Vegas odds and who has the better odds to win according to Vegas. Who do they actually think is a better team? And if there happens to be a like victory or a a win over one another, like, you know, Texas A&M beat Florida, then, you know, two weeks ago, Texas A&M was ranked above Florida even with similar records. Only in that scenario, only does – the, a, a record with our odds worse than what Vegas has will ju- that team be jumped. So, all I'm saying is the committee has spoken. If they have better odds according to Vegas, that team's gonna be ranked higher. It, it just is what it is. Look at one through 25, that's how it is. Georgia thinks, or they think Georgia's better than Cincinnati or Florida's better than Cincinnati. That's why they got ranked higher.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I obviously, I went on the rant a couple weeks ago. I mean, I think Ohio's. Ohio State in as the three seed at six wins, and their best win was... Indiana. Indiana? Yep. Not bill. I, I think it's a joke. I, I think it's an absolute joke and a crime. Now, I'm not arguing that they're one of the top best four in there, but to me, what this playoff of four has done is essentially turn this into a completely subjective – like there's no, there's no parameters around like what makes somebody go into the playoff, right? Like I guess that – like Ohio State at 6-0, and right, in a less than impressive win against Northwestern. And let's just – for the sake of the argument, and I know it didn't happen, let's just say Southern Cal ends up at 6-0, Right wins their conference championship. I don't think they're anywhere near what Ohio State. What I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think that there's any criteria. I just think it's just 13 old guys just donking yep. it up in a room and probably being paid under the table. Um, I just no. I, like to me it's just completely subjective, and uh, I guess that's what I. Don't think like about. There's, I, I there's no like. reason to
2: play the games, according to them. There's no reason to play the games. According
0: to them. I, that was when I said two weeks ago in my rant passed, though. Like, no, you don't have to play the games. You can, you can collude. You can, you know, m- make the Big Ten sit there and and change up, change up rules. By right the way, in, they did it, they did it there. again.
1: They they changed their rules again. Did you see that?
2: Yeah. How's that? A-
1: after after Ohio State was locked in and they announced that they were in the uh, playoff the report then came out that the big 10 has dropped their protocols from a 21 day protocol to a 17 day COVID protocol, just enough time to get back all the players that they, that they lost before the game yesterday.
0: Yeah. You think they would have done that for Indiana? I don't think so. No way. No way. way. There's no way in heck they would have done that for them. So I, all right. So I know we're going to get on this now. So, I think this is you know outside of those you know the the four and five spot. that was that was kind of the the objective argument what was going to happen today. Um, I, I had a feeling that n- if Notre Dame was going to stay in, they were going to be the four seed because they were gonna pit Clemson and Notre Dame two weeks in a row. Um, so this is where things get interesting. and I'm gonna go all the way to coastal at twelve. So we got Oklahoma, who ended up winning the big twelve, moving all the way up to number 6 at 8 and 2, right? Essentially replacing Iowa State. Florida at 8 and 3 at 7, Cincinnati at 9 and 0 oh at, at at 8. Georgia who didn't play still stays at 9 at 7 and 2. Iowa State at 8 and 3 at the 10 spot, Indiana at 11 at 6 and 1, and then you have Coastal Carolina at 11 and 0. Oh. And you know what? It is a crime that they didn't get to play their championship game. Because that was the championship game I was looking most forward to watching was Coastal versus Louisiana. That would have been a whale of a game. And I am so sad that college football fans didn't get to watch that. So, guys, that shook shook 6 through 12. Kenny, I know you got some strong opinions about how the college football playoff committee came to that top
1: 12, or at least 6 through 12. I'm so dismayed. At the rankings in the bowl system outside of the top four. To be honest, I don't have an issue with the top four. I, I, I'm not thrilled Ohio State got in at 6-0. and zero. That kind of stinks, but it's a weird year. They're one of the top four teams. It is what it is. I, I, don't, I have very limited complaints about the top four. If it, But to put Oklahoma 6 is such an indictment on this system. It is, it is level of criminality only seen on Wall Street, essentially. The mafia is less organized than the college football committee. I mean, it's just absolute joke. For one, you have – Pastel nailed it earlier on. They played chess three weeks ago when they ranked Iowa State six. That gave them cover right there as soon as they did that, as long as Iowa State won out leading up to the Big 12 championship. They were good. That means they were going to jump. That means whoever won the Big 12 championship was going to flip-flop, and that's exactly what they did. Oklahoma was 10th last week. They're 6th now, and Iowa State went from 6th to 10th. All they did was flip them, which is wrong, which is very wrong, because it's not like Cincinnati beat a nobody. They beat a 23rd-ranked Tulsa team in the championship, and they're undefeated. Florida, granted, they lost to Bama. They lost to Bama, didn't drop. They didn't move. They stayed seven, and then Cincinnati, the only right thing that, that they did was they jumped Georgia because they had to. They painted themselves into a corner when Gary Barta last week came out on ESPN and said, well, the only reason Georgia jumped Cincinnati is because Cincinnati didn't play. Well, then Georgia didn't play this weekend because of a COVID cancellation, so you can't, you, you can't have two sets of rules. They had to jump them. Yeah. Like, it, it is an absolute indictment that they're not 6 i I'm not even saying Cincinnati's not a playoff team. But to say that they should be behind a three-loss Florida and a two-loss Oklahoma who was behind them going into last week who beat an over-ranked Iowa State. That's the only reason they jumped up is because they knew they gave them cover by overranking Iowa State to, to basically hedge their bets. Like, it didn't matter who won, a Big 12 team was going to end up finishing sixth and it's garbage it's such garbage to have a sixth place Iowa state team that got spanked by Lu- louisiana earlier in the year a g5 team who they is not as good as them. They, like the game wasn't even
0: it was like 33-14 wasn't even close they
1: lost by 17 points to a team, that, to a G5 team that's not even on Cincinnati's level. By the way, a Cincinnati team that is the only team outside of Clemson to have both their offense and defense ranked in the top 20. A Cincinnati team that did not allow one team to, to, ha- to allow them more than 360 yards of offense in a single game this season. And arguably one of the best offensive conferences in college football. Yet they can't muster up to pass a three-loss Florida and a two-loss Oklahoma team. That is an absolute joke. And Reese Davis, who I love, deserves to be to, deserves a suspension for dereliction of duty by asking Gary Barda only a half-witted one question.
0: I know. I was I was he, listening to that today. Couldn't he believe
1: goes, it. He goes. He goes. So he goes. So with Cincinnati at eight are you basically saying that they just didn't have the resume that a and and Oklahoma had? That's the question. You led the horse to water, Reese, to Gary. But like You basically just – you already knew what his answer was going to be, and instead of pressing him and saying, hey, what can Cincinnati do to gain more respect in your eyes? Because this is what they've done, and here's the metrics, the analytics that back it up on why they should be ranked ahead of them. But instead of digging into that, he doesn't even ask him a tough question. And it's, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's collusion at the highest levels. And it, it, I, like I said, I'm not even arguing that they should be a playoff team. But to not be top six is an absolute crime. Yeah. And it's so corrupt. And it's happening right in front of our faces. And, and ESPN and all of them on there, except for Joey Galloway. He's the only one. He said, he said yep. Gary Barta, please explain to me why. If, you, if they're not going to – if you're not going to move them up, if there's a ceiling, then explain why it's there and and why you're ranking them where you're ranking them. Don't just hide behind, oh, it's because it's they didn't play or it, it might be a scheduling issue. No, explain to them why they can't get ranked higher than where they are now. At least if you're going to – at least – I can't even say the word because it's dirty. At least if you're going to screw them, screw them with their pants off.
0: That's right. That's right. It, Kenny, I don't
1: have anything I don't think you yeah.
0: have anything else to add. I mean it's just you know, I said this when I went off a couple of weeks ago. I mean it's, all of this has happened in plain sight and what bugs me and, and what irks me the wrong way is that nobody seems to be fed up with it except us, right? And that it's this scenario of, you know, snobbery that we're the power five and that other teams don't matter. Right. So again, it it comes down. It comes down to college football as a community has to make a decision, and we either value all conference champs and and value all the all the conferences as they play. Now, are all conferences equal? No. I'm not going to say that the you know the you know the the MAC is on par with the Big Twelve. Right. I'm I'm not making that argument. But what I'm saying is that you have to be able to have a system to where you reward teams. The toughest thing to do in college football is run the table, right? You have to have scheduling go your way. You have to have uh, injuries go your way. You, you know, you got to catch a lucky break here or two. It just, it's just the way it is. When it's your year, things happen to fall that way. And for teams like Cincinnati, and, and I would put on the outskirts coastal – I, I think coastal being at 12 is a crime right they should at least be in the top ten probably like nine right I'd put them at 10 or nine yep. I, I think having them at 12 is kind of a joke right 11 to no right and they didn't even get the chance to get their you know get their conference championship game in but all this stuff is just like it's completely rigged like it' it's, it's it's so rigged it's it's power five versus everyone else so I'm saying, and and this is what the college football play, by creating the college football playoff. This is the unintended consequence it cha- that that it, that it created. Nobody thought that this was what it was going to be. It was going to be the best four going to be in, right? We have a committee, blah blah blah. Uh, there's a lot of wheeling and dealing in the background that going on that none of us see.
2: Oh, no, there's a ton of back alley
1: stuff going on. It's embarrassing. Go ahead, it, the thing is,
2: define resume. What do these guys define as resume? To me, what, this is what my opinion, what they define resume is. What's their eyes say? They legitimately just think Florida's the seventh best team in the nation. They don't care that they lost three games. They just don't care. They just think Florida's the seventh best team in the nation. And they don't care about record. They don't care about championships. They just care about what they see with their eyes, which tells me games don't matter. And
1: that's the biggest shame with all this. Well, and look, and look, and, and, and look I, I get the sentiment, and I get the argument that not all records are created equal. I don't disagree with that, which is why I'm not arguing Cincinnati should be above Texas A&M, which is why I'm not arguing that they should be in the top four. I understand not all records are created equal, but you lose three or four games. I'm sorry, you, you, you've given up your right to be ahead of an undefeated team. That is not an easy thing to do, or more teams would do it. If it was that easy to go undefeated, then more teams would do it. It's just that plain and simple. It's hard to do. It is not easy, which is why there's only three teams. Sorry, I'm going to count Ohio State because they only played six games, which is why there's only three or four teams any given year that go undefeated, and that might even be a lot. Generally, it's only like two. By when it's it's only two. Yeah.
2: The crazy thing, too, is Coastal has beaten multiple ranked teams – that
1: ended up ranked at the end of the year. I think they beat more ranked teams Dude, don't than Florida even, has, and they're undefeated. Don't even get, don't even get me started about Louisiana being 19. Louisiana at 19 is a crime. How are you going to sit them behind Miami and Southern California and Iowa? How are you going to sit them behind because they those don't three want programs to and put they coastal? beat and they beat a top 10 team and their only loss was to an undefeated Coastal team. Like, come because on. They don't want to put a Coastal in the top ten. So they lower
2: – they make these other teams like Tulsa, like uh, Louisiana, like Marshall. They push them down in the rankings. So when we look at it at the end of the year saying like, hey, this is their resume. Oh, it's the 19th ranked Louisiana. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't be ranked 19th. Like you're doing this to yourselves. Like they're, they're setting themselves up and everyone else is so blind to it that no one's raising a fit. It's a shame. You yeah. know what? Well, People need to talk, I, talk about you know, that. Ultimately, at the end of the day, bring back the BCS. Yes. I
0: bring back the BCS rankings. And then out of the top four, let them play it out in a playoff scenario. But I'm sick of 13, old, run-the-mill, power five, guys that are in their pockets, you know, deciding this stuff. Because, that kid, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I couldn't agree with you more, Pastel. The fact that Louisiana is 19th in these rankings is uh, is unbelievable to me. And the fact that no one's talking about this, I think is, e- it is even a bigger problem. Like they, they
1: they they blasted a New Year's Six team. They blasted, blasted them. them, dude. They beat them by three touchdowns. It's absolutely. It's, it's and their only loss was to an undefeated Coastal. Like, come on, man. Dude, you can't. I you cannot rank UNC, Iowa, USC, and Miami ahead of them in my opinion. Can't do it, dude. If you listen, listen to the top fifteen of the BCS. By the way, Gless. If the BCS were around today, this would be the top fifteen, and it would be brilliant. Again. I already said it earlier I didn't have a problem with the top four teams: Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame is the top four. Then it's Texas A&M, Cincinnati, Indiana, which is another crime that they're outside of a New Year's Six bowl. Oklahoma, Georgia, Florida, Coastal, Iowa State, BYU, UNC, Louisiana. I could stomach that so much better than what we have right now. Yeah.
0: I I look, man. I I don't have much
2: to add. I mean, it's. Well, yeah. Then you get all these Florida, or these these dog uh, bulldog fans coming there. Like, Are you telling me on a neutral stadium, we couldn't go out there and beat Louisiana? It's like, well, you know what? At some day, you at some day, you just can't lose two or three games. At what? some point, you gotta win the games. You have like, to win the games at yes. some point. Like, sure, you, like sure. I, Vegas odds I, has you over them, but yes, what? Just because you have five star recruits,
1: just because you have all this talent going to the NFL, just because you can't win with it, that's your fault. <laughs> well, and here's and here's the problem, because Cincinnati's going to play Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, smoke and, and, well, Here's what's going to happen. They're going to win, and this is what we're going to hear. Oh, well, Georgia just didn't get up for the game. One. Yes. Two, Georgia, I'm sure, is going to have opt-outs because they're going to have guys who are going to the NFL, and they're playing Cincinnati. So I'm sure there's probably going to be guys who opt out. And they're going to be like, well, they didn't get up for the game because it's the Peach Bowl, and they're playing a G5 team, and they had guys who opted out. That's exactly the argument that's going to be used. And everybody's just going to buy it hook, line, and sinker. And, and
0: you know what? The, the,
1: this is ultimately the reason I,
0: did, I don't like Kirby Smart because he did the same crap three years ago. They were playing Texas in the Sugar Bowl, and they didn't get into the college football playoff. And he comes out pregame right before kickoff, says, yeah, we're just going to play a bunch of young guys tonight and see what happens. Basically just punted the game. And I was like, dude, screw you, man. Like, get out of here. And he's going to take the same attitude – I tell you what. I hope Cincinnati beats them by 50. And, and Dude, I, hope, you I, know what? I hope it gets up to 35, it. and I hope I hope Fickle goes to all of his assistants and said that nobody ever exits this game until we get up by 70.
1: Dude, it's a culture, would, man. It's, it's a I'm,
2: culture. You need to
1: continue. If, if you want to win,
2: you need to continue to win. Like, if, sorry, Kenny. I know we're trying to talk to each other. But, like, for example, Jacksonville right now, you're not going to take – for Trevor, as much as you want to, that's going to have everlasting impact to your organization saying, hey, I'm willing to tank. And same with Georgia. If you're willing to just let games off, especially bowl games like that, that's going to have an everlasting effect that's going to trickle down to next year to next year when it's just like, you know, it's not that winning mentality. Like, all by all ends, all costs, we need to win this game. They're just going to think, well, we lost the game. Our season's over. Whatever. Like, that's just – I'm a Bulldog fan or something Did- like
1: that. Screw that. I, I, I hope, Gletts, in that scenario, I want. I would love to be on the sideline if, if Cincinnati was up, like, 20 or 30 points going in, like, the fourth quarter. I would love for Luke Fickle to turn to his assistants and just look at him and go, leave no doubt. Run it up. And just – just just Pour just it on, boys. Pour ass. it on. Just pour. pour I hope – dude, I don't care if Wake Forest, who's in a bowl game, which is – Another thing, I don't care if they lose by 60 as long as Cincinnati. I hope Cincinnati wins by 40, dude, against Georgia. I hope they throttle them and then just give the double bird to everybody standing on the Peach Bowl stage. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it'll uh, it'll be interesting. All right, um, next thing I want to cover, guys, before we kind of end the show on a, on a round table that I think is a pretty important topic. Um, the bowl placements came out today along with the college football playoff obviously we know the top four of everything that happened there now the rest of the New Years six bowl uh, I'm sorry the uh, the New year's uh, yes New yeah New Year, yeah the yeah New Year's six bowls uh, those came out today as well and I will bring those up give me one second actually I don't
1: have those but I can do it all got Monday, them I believe can do you have them? I got I got him, Gus. Yeah, yeah. So January first, you've got three games: the Peach Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. The Peach Bowl is number eight, Cincinnati versus number nine Georgia. Uh, the Rose Bowl, which is being played at AT&T Stadium, uh, is number four. Is the semifinal game number four, uh, Notre Dame versus number one Alabama, and then the Sugar Bowl, which is number three, Ohio State versus number two Clemson, and then the other three New Year's Six bowls is just December thirtieth, the Cotton Bowl Classic, uh, number six Oklahoma versus number seven Florida. uh, Then January second, the Fiesta Bowl is Oregon Oregon Ducks versus Iowa State Cyclones, number twenty five versus number ten. And then the Orange Bowl, which is number thirteen UNC Tar Heels versus the number five Texas A&M Aggies. Those are your New Year's Six Bowls.
0: Yeah, that that uh, UNC Texas A&M game, I think, will be a decent game. I think. I tell you what, I think Florida and Oklahoma is going to be entertaining. Although I think Might that be the best obviously game. right, but but hey, Florida is out. Kyle Pitts, so you know what what does that happen there? Um, you know, so that I one do
1: be- I, I do hate I do hate that they're playing each other. I kind of wanted Cincinnati to play Oklahoma, the high, where I thought they should be ranked, and I wanted Florida to play Georgia, but obviously they weren't going to do SEC versus SEC, so that right. kind of stinks. But it just right. stinks because now because we still. Cincinnati's still going to have a ceiling because whoever, either they're never going to jump Oklahoma or Florida this year, which sucks.
2: It, it is good ball games. I've really thinking about it. like yeah. Oregon versus Iowa State. In my opinion, is an actual like competitive game. I don't know what the spread is, but I got to imagine it's probably two to four points. Texas A&M versus North Carolina. Yeah, I, I'll the be game, honest. With I think you, in it's that a game, great, game, yeah, I think Iowa State is going to blow them out. I, I've
0: I've watched Oregon three or four times this year. I've, I have not been impressed, at least offensively. I, I'll be interested. See if they can keep up.
2: Go ahead, Yeah, I'm sorry. But I was just going to say Texas A&M with North Carolina secretly might be one of the best. And the, yeah. I mean, the way North Carolina's been playing lately, they're playing like next year they should be ranked in the top six. Like straight up, watch out for North Carolina next year. And they're coming in hot. Sam Howell is going to be a top five Heisman candidate coming into next year. And Texas A&M, you know, they, got, they think they got snubbed not the end the playoffs. So I think that's going to be a very good game as well. I think there's a lot of good competitive uh, New Year's Six games happening this year.
1: Yeah. So, o- so opening opening lines for New Year's Six games. Florida is a two and a half point favorite over Oklahoma. Uh, you've yeah. got you've got Cincinnati, which is coming in at six and a half point dog to Georgia, which I actually sense. thought would be more than that. So I'm kind of glad Vegas is giving a little bit of respect. Um, then oh, Notre Dame is a twenty and a half point dog to Bama. Whoop. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Cle- I'm, I'm hammering seven. Bama. Yeah, yeah, me too. Clemson is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over Ohio State, and then Oregon is a three-and-a-half-point dog to Iowa State, and um, North Carolina is a six-point dog to Texas A&M. I'll tell
0: you what, that two-and-a-half for Florida, I might hammer that. I I don't know. I mean, I, I think this Oklahoma team is certainly not anywhere near as good as past Oklahoma teams, and I think – I mean, they're going to have to score a lot of points to keep up with Florida, even without Kyle Pitts, just because their offense has been that dynamic. Yeah. I don't know, man. I may pound that Florida line. That can, one, can we uh, can we
1: can we talk about some of the biggest crimes of this bowl season? Well, like, well that's our, what I
0: mean. I actually wanted to lead right into that, and then we get the rest of the bowl games. And you know, if you're following college football, you know that there are a good amount of bowl games that got canceled, right, due to COVID and money support and you know, there's been a bunch of teams hop, you know, opting out. But I gotta tell you, going through the list of matchups, I think, is kind of an embarrassment. And it's an embarrassment for a lot of reasons. And I'll introduce it and I'll let you guys kind of go off of it. So one, two G five conference champions, Ball State and San Jose State. They apparently copped out, and they're now playing each other in the Arizona Bowl. So that's kind of a crime. Would have loved to have seen both teams play a P5 school. Tulsa, a really good Tulsa team, plays Mississippi State. I mean, Mississippi State didn't even have a winning record. Um, they I think the biggest crime Coastal, who was undefeated, 12 in the college football rankings, they pitted up against Liberty, who I believe Liberty had. Only one loss as well, but I do believe it, it, they're uh, independent. I mean, it's just like it's just like all these bowl games like totally copped out, and then we have yeah. got like we've Louisiana's got, like, playing, playing USA, NC State, Kentucky. They we just got the Texas Bowl, Arkansas, TCU. Gross. I mean, it's just. Dude, what listen is, to the, like, the what am the, I looking at? Wake Forest,
1: Wisconsin. What am I looking at? The Liberty Bowls, West Virginia versus Tennessee. Like, oh, unbelievable. Gross. Dude, and then and then you have two and eight, South Carolina playing UAB in the Ugh. Union Home Mortgage Gasper. Role. Like, come on, can we? I mean, it's just again, why are the G five teams like? This is the year where conference tie ins shouldn't have mattered. And most of them didn't, by the way. They did break precedent. And then the biggest crime of all is Army, 9-2 Army, who had a bowl bid completely left out in the dark. They're not going bowling. They're not going bowling because the number of schools who opted in earlier in the year then opted out when they didn't get the game they liked is disturbing according to an industry source. And the commissioners just stood by and let it happen. 9-2 and two Army, Commander-in-Chief Trophy-winning Army, not going bowling. Yeah. Because they couldn't find one more team to play or fit them in anywhere. They couldn't fit them in over a 2 and 8 South Carolina team. They couldn't fit them in over a 3 and 7 Tennessee team or a 3 and 7 Mississippi State or a 3 and 7 Dude, there are 4 SEC teams that are going bowling who have 3 wins or less. You the couldn't Bears. fit Army in over one of them. And look, yeah. I get it. The, I get it. The records were thrown out this year, and that's fine. It's understandable. It's a freaking weird year. I get it. But we couldn't, we couldn't make the exception for one of those teams. Seriously. That, this is where we are in college football where we've got to watch embarrassment like this happen. It's a, it's a black eye on the sport. And, and 2020, Pastel mentioned to it earlier, and i let him ramble because I think he's going to. 2020 has taught us anything. It's how corrupt college football is. And it's lifted the veil. I wasn't ready to ramble, but I will.
2: That's just it, though. Is I was waiting for chaos to happen. I wanted to blow up the system. I I didn't care really exactly who got in the top four or top ten. If it made, like, I want. I didn't want it to make sense. I wanted to blow up and like show everybody how corrupt the system is and how this voting goes for the rankings and how the bowl games are established because it's all a mess and it's not there, the teams that go out there, like Coastal Carolina, like BYU, like Cincinnati, that go out there and not only deserve, like, win every one of their games, but deservingly are a top-tier school. Like, they, they are good. They are actually good team. Like, top-five defense, top-five offense. Like, you can't tell me Cincinnati is a bad team. And so what I'm saying is, like, I'm, I'm excited in a sense. If there's one good thing that 2020 brought us is that it showed, it showed the College Football Committee's ass, bottom line. And I hope in the next year or two, enough people get on board and say something has to change. And if something is to change, it's either, you know what, every G5 program, go away. Like, have your own playoff, have your own championship, because you'll never have an opportunity to compete on the P5 level. Or expand yeah. to eight teams. But what the current system right now is a joke, and I am, like you said the other week last, I'm done with it. I don't want, I don't want
1: to do this every year. I don't want to do it. And you know what's unfortunate, and I don't want to advocate for this? Because I don't want I don't want less people watching college football because college football is a beautiful sport. It's probably my favorite sport, one of my favorite sports. And I don't want, but the only way they're gonna wake up is if you if people just stop turning on the television in bowl season and during the playoffs. Show don't show up. The biggest protest you can make is to not to, to not watch the games, which sucks because hey, I'm gonna end way. up watching them because if college football is on TV, I'm gonna watch it. But that's the only way. It's that's the Number one way to do it is to dig into their pocketbooks. Is to advertisers look at the at the ratings and go, guys, some, we got to fix something because they're not the, watching. The, the greatest thing I used to always
2: say about college football, and I said this process I was like 15 years old, is every week matters. I don't believe that anymore. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, I agree with you,
2: either. Pastel. It it doesn't no it, it doesn't
0: matter. Oh, well, oh, and I'm that for, was our biggest. I'm I'm that sorry. Was our biggest it, it matters. It matters if you're a P5 school that's really really good, right? That's the only time it ever matters. If you're a G5 program or if you're an up-and-coming P5, it doesn't matter to you. It it doesn't matter. Every week matters if you're Alabama or Ohio State or Oklahoma, right, and those schools. The the other crime, guys, Louisiana, Louisiana, who did not get to play in their championship game due to COVID, is stuck in the first responders' bowl against UTSA, right? I mean – Unbelievable. A team that blasted a New Year six team is going to be in there. I mean, it's just, it's, I think it's just such a black eye in the, it's just such a black eye in the sport. It's just, it just, it just doesn't sit right with me. And I guess it's to your point, Brandon, I've never really thought of it until this year. And it's just like, it's just blatant. Like, it's just blatant disregard for, for G5s and for smaller schools. And I'm fine with that if that's the expectation, but it's the, 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 the hypocrisy well, you, of, oh, you know, the, 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 oh, the you know every week Every week matters, and every team matters, and you know, we're going to— well, And that was Portland the biggest World.
1: argument against a playoff forever, and I bought, bought it hook, line, and sinker. I was like, oh, expanded playoffs are going to ruin the regular season. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I agree with it that. It does not matter. Every, like, it, every game does not matter for 98% of the teams in it college football. It's just exposed now. to wh- wh- who they really
2: are. You know what? The college football committee and really just the big higher-ups the, out, out there in college football, they always talk about like not playing – like we shouldn't play college athletes. We shouldn't let them transfer one time. You know what? Because they want to make it seem like it's a pure game. They're just as corrupt as the kids that take $100,000. Oh, and, yeah. and they want to make it seem like it's the athlete's fault
1: they're just as corrupt if not more corrupt yeah well and you got Kurt Herbstreet, by the way this is my last thing and i'm and I'm done with my rant because i don't want to I don't want this to be a whole negative podcast but Kurt Herbstreet sits there and I love kurt and, and I, i'm I'm mad because I'm having to bash Reese Davis and Kurt herbstree today but Kurt herbstree gets on 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 the playoff show and basically just tells the g5 to take their medicine and deal with it like that was almost his exact quote he was like oh He's like, you don't play in a P5 conference, can't expect to make the playoff, just take your lumps, take your medicine. That is not okay. Like, can we please just have a system that has fair representation? And I don't care if the G5 team is the automatic eight seed and sacrificial lamb to the one seed every year in the playoff. Just give them a shot at yeah. this point. well, just, just, I, just, just I just want the games to matter, and they yeah. don't.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and and this goes into probably the, the last segment, um, but I do want to say I, I think for us to get into a format of every game matters, I'm a, I am am totally okay with shortening the regular season and mm-hmm. conference champions, and I, I'm such a fan of 16-team playoffs now because at least in that scenario, every game does matter, and I think there's a way – that you can make it monetary, where the monetary incentive is there, right? I, I really do feel that. Um, the NBA makes it happen, right? Uh, everybody's playoffs and every other big-time sport makes a lot of money, right? So why can't you you expand it more into there, and then either you either narrow down the bowls or maybe have it. it, it doesn't. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? Like they can figure out the money behind to make, 16-team team more profitable, and that's kind of all I'll say about that. Uh, and But I do want to get into this last segment because I know I have a couple of thoughts on this um, just kind of after talking with some people today, talking with you guys. But it's very clear that college football is broken, and I think for the first time in my life I actually prefer to watch the NFL over college, and I think that's a shame. It, it's sad, but this year has put such a – such a dirt, just such a bad taste in my mouth. It's greasy,
1: it's, it's greasy. Just great,
0: like you feel dirty, and yeah, I'm gonna end up. We're gonna end up watching, you know, both semifinal games because we'll be in Asheville, um, you know, and and maybe there'll be good games, maybe they won't. Who knows? But I, I want to talk about what's broken in college football, and and want to get you guys to kind of chime in, um, and then maybe some fixes. But but I'll start. Um, you know, I was talking to my little brother, and uh, you know, he said, "You know, I haven't really been paying attention much to it this year." And I said, "Oh, yeah? What? Why? What's going on?" He's like, "To be honest with you, really, the last ten years, college football has really kind of turned into a cartel where you have these, you know, four or five power brokers, right? Your your main schools, and then there's kind of everyone else, right? That the consolidation of talent has never been." May it has maybe never been more dispersed than what we're seeing now, and you know we're playing all these games and we're saying all these things that these games matter, which we've already covered. It doesn't, Um but the the talent is so consolidated because now you have a playoff system where it's not it, it's not good enough to go to a bowl game anymore. Which that's kind of used to be the pride. It's now all right. Well, can you get in the top four, right? And so what happens? And, and as we see with 24-7 sports, you know, and, and they're, you know, obviously the more five-star recruits have, the better chance you have to, to, to win a national championship. So I think the consolidation of talent has ultimately hurt the sport more than it's helped it. Now, I think now from watching super teams and dynasties, yeah, I think it's, it's you know, fun. But, I mean, more realistically, we're going to see Clemson and Alabama play again, right? I think we're going to see that. And so I think one of the biggest things that college football can do is try to disperse talent amongst all, you know, power five and even G five schools. And here's, here's a couple of different ways that I think you can do it. Um, one, I I've, I'm never really a fan of this and I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm warming up to it because I think it could, can, I think it could allow other programs to be more competitive when it comes to kind of breaking down this cartel structure we have. But I think the open transfer rule, I think, could possibly help in dispersing talent. Um, because right now, we're just not seeing that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we may have seen the best recruiting class sign a couple days ago in Alabama, and they are by, you know, they've been one of the four cartel owners for seven years. Um, I think I, – I, and, and I know this is going to be unpopular, but I think changing up the scholarship limits could also help, and and what I mean by that is I think that you could do what essentially baseball does and what basketball does and what other sports do where maybe they offer half scholarships, quarter scholarships, um, and and maybe you can minimize the amount of total full scholarships you can give, but you can give out partial money. Right, And be able to then, you know, then if a guy is debating offers from four schools, but maybe he's only got a quarter, one from Alabama, but he's got maybe a full ride to an Iowa State or something like that, maybe that weighs more for him. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think the power and the consolidation of power and really what college football has turned into is AAU basketball. and And I think yeah. that is – I think besides the college football playoff, those four games, I think it's bad for consumers. Like I think think it's just bad for college football fans. I don't think it's good. And so I think that the biggest thing that's hurting college football is the consolidation of talent. And I think we have to figure out the right way – and I'm not saying make it fair, right, because you could always say, well, fair for who? But the way the current system is set up – with the four teams and the, the, the unintended consequences it's, it's created, it's really kind of created this cartel effect where really it's four schools and then it's everyone else.
1: Yeah, and you're not wrong, Bless. I mean, the, I kind of jotted down some notes earlier, and, and this is what I said to you. was The, the playoff has had, unintended, a, a negative effect on competitive balance across conferences. Teams like Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State only grow stronger the more often they make the playoff because it boosts their national profile and ability to recruit making them perennial national title contenders and then what happened this national signing day earlier they were the they were the top they were they finished three of the top 5 recruiting rankings you know last week it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy that there are pr- the predictable heavyweights when a new season rolls around and and yes i think the transfer i think that's a great observation is allowing more talent to flow freely through the college football landscape. I think expansion of the playoff is ultimately what helps break up at least some of the cartel. I don't know if it will ever break it up because, I mean, let's face it, Alabama and Ohio State, you know, they've been good forever. They're always going to be true. good. That's true. No, you're right. Or, Notre, Notre Dame's it.
0: always – right, yeah.
1: They've always been good. and So you're always going to have your haves and your have-nots, but at least it would help break it up some because if you know you can if there's more schools that are guaranteed for playoff exposure you at least it'll help break up that recruiting monopoly a little bit like I'm a four star I might be more inclined to go sign with Cincinnati because I know that they have a guaranteed playoff spot if they win the AAC or I might you know I might you know or whatever whatever use insert example here of a lesser than school yeah so I think I think that with in conjunction of expanding the playoffs is a, is how you break up that cartel, is allow more transfers you know, penalty free transfers like they're like they're doing right now that's a good rule that they've passed and allow uh, more teams into the playoff I just I just kind of had an idea it literally just spawned on me
2: in. and I think it's based off what you were just talking about plus obviously yes, the transfer rule you get guys like USC and Alabama they have two or three five star quarterbacks let, you know, Talia Tungvaluva go over to Maryland, and now Maryland's got a quarterback. It helps disperse all the talent. But really, here's a crazy thought. There's 10 conferences in college football, correct? Division one college football? That is correct. Yep, correct. Why don't we just let every single champion into a playoff? Like, you want the smaller schools to be relevant and to say, hey, San Jose State, you're going to actually play in the college football playoff. And players that go to San Jose State or that conference, there is a chance. If you win your conference championship, you will play in a 16-team playoff because the top ten or the, the ten conference champions automatically get a bid. Like why not? You yeah, like the NCAA tournament. Course. That's the way the NCAA yeah, basketball it, tournament is. Yeah, exactly. And that's why every conference matters. Every small school, top school, everyone gets a a vote. and they And they might get blown out, of course. But you know what? talk about like wanting to disperse talent if i knew i might be a backup at i don't know virginia tech but i might be go a starting quarterback san jose state but i can still make it to the cost Wall playoffs at san jose state that might be kind of tempting for me to go there
1: I, i would definitely open it up you 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 allow transfers to transfer freely and you open up the playoffs the recruiting monopoly will at least the 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 foot on the gas will at least cease a little bit. Is it still going to? Is this is Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson a, it still going to be? It, yeah, it's still going to be the yeah. top five, six recruiting classes. Yes, they are. It's not going to you know change what? that, but it'll so, still, it'll 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 back it up a little bit.
2: You know what? The same thing happens, with, like you said, NCAA basketball. You know the same the same schools always win the NCAA championship, but you know what? No one really complains about that format because everyone has a shot. You and even if I get blown out, you know what? I had my shot. And that's you what have you get teams is their
1: you shot. Have your tw- You have your 12-5 upsets. You have your 11 4 upsets. You know, you have you you. I, I, obviously it's only happened one time ever, but you had your 16 over a one-seed upset a couple years ago with UMBC over Virginia. Upsets happen regularly in the college basketball championship. And they would happen regularly in the FBS. 16 team championship as well. I think not yeah. all the time. It wouldn't be radical, but it would happen, and I think it would allow more talent to be dispersed across yep. the country. So, so Kenny, is that are
0: are you in agreement with me that that is the biggest thing about the system that's broken, or is that is that your number one? I mean, that's that's my number from, one. I
1: mean, from an, I think it's I think it's a glaring. Yeah, it, it, ta- I agree. The con- consolidation of talent is probably the most broken thing about college football because it just like I said it's a vicious cycle the same teams are going to get to the playoff they're going to have a top 5 recruiting class because of it and so forth and it just recycles and it recycles and it recycles that's all we don't talk about Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State rebuilding or Georgia rebuilding or they just reload like the only team that's had to rebuild is LSU but LSU lost what 23 players like, that doesn't happen normally. That's not – that's more of an abnormality than a, than a normalcy in yeah. college football. Pa-
0: Pasta, what about you? What do you think is the, the, the biggest the, the biggest challenge in college football, and how do we fix
2: it? Yeah, it's tough, man. Because um, even if I thought, like, you know, like let these athletes get paid for their name and likeness, I still think at the end of the day it's the same programs just based off boosters. You look at the top 25 boosters in college football, and there's a correlation with recruiting yeah. classes, and there's also a correlation with who's normally the top 25. So, like, the same programs will always be there. So I definitely think the transfer portal is the quickest way to um, establish some type of a competitive balance. Just because there is guys like a Quincy Patterson that says, like, I'm never going to start at Virginia Tech. but you know what? I can't go to North Dakota State and I can start there, and I can still make the playoffs, and I can go win a championship at that level. So, like, that is the quickest way. Joe Burrow. I mean, Justin Fields, really. I mean, he was out of state. But but, exactly. Uh, And look at the transfer portal. If you go on 24-7 sports right now, look at the last, like, six days. There's starters from Wisconsin, Virginia Tech, from Michigan State, uh, from pretty much Arizona for, or from USC, like Every other school has a starting quarterback or a backup that was a highly touted quarterback that is now in the transfer portal. And that's going to help programs out like Ball State, like Illinois, and like these other programs. So, so to answer your question, Les, yes, transfer portal will absolutely help. I definitely think extended the playoffs is a close second, if not number one, in my opinion, if you want. Because bottom line, if I'm a top-tier prospect, why would I ever go to another program if I never have a shot at the playoffs? I, it just doesn't appeal to me. Well, I Corey think that's Forman. the problem, right? That, that's the problem you got to
0: fix. Yeah, I mean, or you're going to get this consolidate, you know, the the consolidated talent, which, you know, I, I unless you're one of those schools, like like so, for example, like, and I hate to talk about you know my team like this, but you know, every once in a while the Huskies have a really good team, right? Really good team. Yeah. The way it's going with the Pac-12 and the reputation. And what's going on there with five-star guys leaving, a lot of that has to do with what we're talking about, right? Well, they're never going to have a shot to, to get into the playoffs, so why would I go there, right, when an Alabama or somebody else is offering me? Um, I just see – and as much as I, I love watching the Huskies on Saturdays and as much as I'm rooting for them, I'm not sure in this format if there will ever be as competitive – if they'll ever be as competitive, right? I think when they went, they went down to Alabama, you know, they went down to uh, Georgia a couple of years ago and played Alabama and winning halfway through the second quarter. And then they just didn't have enough up front. Now, if you look at that team two years later, and you look at them up front, they, you know, the UW staff would be like, all right, now we can play with an Alabama. Now we got the dudes that can do it. But I'm not sure under this scenario, if, if that's there, like, I, I think, the, the programs that are going to keep getting worse that are generally competitive programs. And so for me as a, as a, as a Huskies fan, like I want to see that change because I want to see that they can keep five-star guys on the roster and they can keep five-star guys inside the state. And they can't do that because, you know, up and down the West Coast, they're all going to the East Coast because, well, they realistically have a shot to win a national championship. And so it's just – I mean, I hope it changes for the sake of of being a fan. I mean, you know, everybody's going to cry uncle. Is going to be, you know, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. I mean, they're the ones that are going to have the biggest problem with it, right? Because that that's a threat to them. Um, I
1: mean, you want to you want a consolidation of power. Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, and Clemson are going to have nineteen five star players commit to them this this uh, recruiting cycle. Texas A and M, Oklahoma, Florida, Miami. Michigan, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Texas, and Washington are going to fight over the other 10. I'm sorry, Kenny? Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, and Clemson, the top five recruiting classes are going to sign 19 top five or top five-star recruits between them. The other 10 are going to go to 10 different schools, essentially. twenty-nine, Out of 29, 29, they're going to get 19 – it's so the, the other, other hundred go to- and the other hundred and ten FBS programs don't have a shot. No, dude. The Pac-12 is only going to have one five-star player sign with them this season. It looks like, other than unless Corey Foreman signs with USC, but he hasn't committed yet. So outside of him, you're only going to have here. one. You only have one right now, and it's Sam Heward who's been committed to Washington since birth because his yeah. his brother and uncle or his, his uncle and dad. Our legacies there.
2: Yeah, yeah. So to answer yeah. your, your, so, your I question, mean, it's, less, just,
1: it's transfer portal. You gotta let it be. No,
2: just let them go at this point, and then you know you gotta expand the playoffs. I think that's your your easiest answer to a long-winded question. That that's it. Expand the playoffs and let everybody transfer when they want to, just like coaches can. So yeah, that's the answer. That's that's how, That's the only way you could you could deconsolidate. Will, will, will the same eight schools still be up there? Yes, but there's always that chance now for a team like Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati to make an upset one, two, or three rounds and possibly get to the championship. There's the chance. And at the end of the day, everybody just wants to have a chance. You that's take right. those chances right. away, you take that hope away, take the shot away. Why are we playing the game? And that's well, and, the worst thing that's happened in college football.
1: Yeah, yeah. The chance is whatever is what we need because, at, like we've established earlier, us all three of us used to be ardent defenders of we want the regular season to matter. But if it doesn't matter anymore, then just put them in the playoffs. Put all conference champions in the playoffs, and let's have a play, And let's have a real playoff. Yep,
0: for yep. sure. All right guys, uh as always you can follow Prospects 101 on social media at prospects101pod, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to Prospects 101 on your favorite podcast platform. Uh love for you guys to give us a five-star review as well. Uh We all will, I'm sure, be back with a bowl preview episode where we go over prospects that we like to see play big on the big stage. And then we may have something special for you guys coming up as we prepare for the college football playoff. But for Kenny, for Pastel, I'm blessed. It's been a great regular season, and we are looking forward to a fantastic bowl season and playoff season.
1: For the one standing guard, for the eagle-eyed,